Hey, Fidelity. What's it cost to invest with the Fidelity app? Start with as little as $1 with no account fees or trade commissions on U.S. stocks and ETFs. Hmm, that's music to my ears. I can only talk. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Zero account fees apply to retail brokerage accounts only. Zero dollar commission applies to online U.S. equity trades and ETFs and retail Fidelity accounts. Sell order assessment fee not included. Some account types and securities excluded. Details at fidelity.com slash commissions. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSE SIPC. Hi, everyone. I'm Cheryl Butler, and you're listening to the Mighty Mommy's Quick and Dirty Tips podcast which will help make your life as a parent a little bit easier and a lot more fun. Welcome. Today's episode is number 612, How to Stop Struggling with Your Teen, Four Practical Tips. Because raising a teenager can be a harrowing experience that leaves parents feeling at their wit's end. Setting boundaries, taking some time for yourself, and giving lots of love even when you want to scream with frustration, will help you connect with your teen in meaningful ways. So let's talk the frustration some of us have with our loving teens. If the teen in your life is giving you angst, don't fret. These four practical tips can help you redirect your teen's negative ways. First, set firm boundaries and impose consequences. Most kids have one thing in common. They crave structure and routines, and that includes teens. When kids are younger, if they know what to expect throughout the day, they're better able to cope with rules because they know what's expected of them. If you're dealing with a disrespectful teen or one who feels it's okay to break the rules, it's time to reestablish some firm boundaries. Include your teenager in the setting of your boundaries. Making him a part of the conversation will help him understand why you've set your boundaries so he has a clear path to follow. For example, respect is something I hold in high regard in our family. It's essential that my kids don't mock, roll their eyes, belittle, or use backtalk when I'm communicating with them. Likewise, they know they can expect the same from me in return. If my son does get flippant when I'm explaining why he can't borrow my car for a weekend ski trip with his friends, he's testing the boundaries that we've agreed on, and that means there will be consequences for him. There is no point in having a boundary without a consequence. QDT's former savvy psychologist, Dr. Ellen Hendrickson, shared three helpful tips for imposing practical consequences. Choose a consequence that motivates him. If hanging out with his friends after practice is something that he really enjoys, well, losing his privilege for a week would be much more upsetting than taking his cell phone away. Add an incentive for adhering to the rule. Put a carrot on the end of your behavior stick. If your teen knows that positive actions on his part may yield a reward, he'll have more reason to stay on task. Dr. Hendrickson recommends that you include your teen in the conversation so he can tell you what incentives would be meaningful to him. And then write it all down. Write your list of boundaries, consequences, and rewards, and then post it in a common area that your teen will see. By doing this, you're making the agreement official. When a rule is broken, you must be consistent and stay the course. 
Don't get heated. Instead, point to the written notice that you both agreed upon and firmly impose the consequence. Next, give yourself a teen timeout. Timeouts have been a part of my parenting toolbox for years. They were mostly successful because they gave my child a chance to cool off and return a few moments later with a better attitude and a clear head. The use of timeouts to discipline kids remains controversial. Timeouts can be isolating, and research shows that exclusion and physical pain trigger similar responses in the brain. But an article in Time suggests that we shouldn't be so quick to dismiss the timeout as a parenting strategy, concluding that timeouts are safe and effective when done right. The American Academy of Pediatrics and the American Academy of Child and Adolescent Psychiatry also back timeouts as a form of discipline. But what would happen if you gave yourself a timeout? Raising 18s has given me plenty of opportunities to experience the frustrations of being overloaded and overwhelmed. I've even been brought to tears because the situation seems so daunting. Uh, no parent likes to get a call at 2 a.m. from the campus police about their kids' frat life shenanigans. So when I'm at wit's end, I give myself a teen timeout. Basically, I take a break from my teen. Sometimes my timeout is just leaving the house for a walk around the block. Other times it's a scenic drive to the beach. Even removing myself from the situation and retreating to my bedroom is cathartic. I know my limits, so when I feel I need more time, I take it. These timeouts give me a chance to clear my mind and not say anything I'll regret. I can return with a better mindset and tackle whatever the situation is with fresh ideas and a calm perspective. Third, find ways to connect, not nag. Last week, my 15-year-old daughter got up late for school. She had less than 10 minutes to get herself dressed, organized, and out the door. When she got into the car, she was in full-blown cranky mode because she didn't like what she was wearing. Halfway to school, she realized she had forgotten her laptop, and naturally, she had a biology test first period. Things weren't going well. And this wasn't the first time this has happened. In fact, it was the third time in the past few weeks. As a person who strongly believes in routines and getting ready for school or work the night before, it's always painful to watch my teen struggling. My first instinct was to quip that if she hadn't stayed up so late, binging a show while on the phone with her best friend, she would have had a chance to get ready for school, as well as remember to set her alarm. But I refrained from adding insult to injury. Instead, I encouraged her to put the rushed morning behind her and to enjoy the rest of the day. I gently reminded her that she could borrow a laptop from the computer lab. When she got out of the car, she gave me a half-hearted smile and hurried into the building. Later that morning, I sent her a text with a funny gif, and she replied with a smiley face. At dinner that evening, she announced that she'd take a shower soon after and get a head start on her homework. My episode, Five Effective Ways to Connect with Your Teen, shares tips on how you can navigate teen moods. My first tip was to check in with your teen every day. 
I'm talking about stopping whatever you're doing and giving your child your undivided attention. Finding five to ten minutes each day to show your child that you're interested in her life is essential for both of you. This is a fantastic opportunity to be a great listener. Our teens need to feel validated and heard. Tuning in, whether it's to listen or just to offer a supportive shoulder to lean on, will help your teen know how much she means to you. And here's a quick tip. Check out my page at www.quickanddirtytips.com slash mighty-mommy and check out this informative and helpful video from John Gray, Ph.D., on communicating effectively with your teenager. It's only two minutes long and holds a huge impact. And finally, show them the love and show them often. Remember when your surly teen was a baby? Your heart melted every time you saw him wake up from a nap. Holding and rocking him when he needed soothing was pure joy. Well, take a look at your teen today. That person is still your baby and will always need your unconditional love. In my episode, What Your Teen Wants You to Understand, I saved my most valuable tip for last. Tell me you love me. Your teenager may drive and not hang out at home much these days, but teens need to know that they're loved consistently. Whether it's sharing a warm smile when she walks through the door at the end of the day or giving her a snug embrace as she leaves for school in the morning, your young adult yearns to feel love from her parents. I refer to one of my favorite parenting gurus, Dr. Laura Markham, for her heartfelt explanation of love for your child. She notes, Unconditional love isn't just what we feel. It's what the object of our love feels. Love without strings attached. That means our child doesn't have to be or do anything in particular to earn our love. We love her exactly as she is. Every morning when I leave for work, I hug my kids and I tell them that I love them. When they leave to go to a friend's house or practice, they tell me that they love me. I try never to take that for granted. It doesn't have to be a corny, mushy exchange. As long as it's genuine and you take the time to let them know how you feel as often as possible. How do you deal with your teen's difficult ways? Join the conversation and share your thoughts on the Mighty Mommy Facebook page or Twitter. You can also email me at mommy at quickanddirtytips.com. Listen and subscribe on Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Next week, I'll be addressing something that strikes a chord with many families in our midst, single working mom households. You're working all angles to keep it all together, but it's you and your kids. So how do you balance work, family, and if you're lucky, play? Ladies, I'm in your boat. Next week's podcast will throw you a lifeline so you'll learn to advocate for help from your immediate family members so you can thrive and not sink. Thanks so much for listening, and until next time, happy parenting.